passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to Believe in Everything Auburn with your loyal Auburn-loving hosts, Taylor Davis and Jason Campbell. And boy, are we in for a treat today. We have a fantastic episode for you. And um, that normally would sound like a, quite, a, quite a brag and an ego boost, but I feel quite confident in saying that one because we have a guest today. And this isn't just an ordinary guest. This isn't, uh, you know, an easy interview to get, but really Jason pulled it off. I didn't do anything, but <laughs> we are joined, drum roll, by head coach of your Auburn Tigers, Brian Harson. That's right, folks. Coach Harson did an interview with Jason and myself talking all about fall camp and this team and this season and his experience so far. And Jason and I are so thankful that he took the time to, to do that and to chat with us. And he really great gave us great insight and is very like checked in. Not that you expect anything else from a head coach in the SEC, but I mean, it, it sounds like he's been here for years, right? Right, exactly. It sounds like he's already been part of the program. And yeah. I think that just comes from him. He played quarterback. He coached quarterbacks. He was a offensive-minded coach, and he was a head coach. And I think yeah. it just comes with the territory. But you're right. I think he gets it. I think he understands it um, when you think about uh, what it's going to take to get people to buy into what he's trying to do. And, you know, people, let's be patient, too, now. Let's not think, yeah. you know, things just happen immediately just because someone chased uh, comes on campus. So we have to be patient and allow him to give his progress and let things start to take effect. Totally. I mean, Rome was not built in a day, but uh, I certainly was impressed. Not that my opinion matters. I just, uh, <laughs> you know, as a, as a fan and as someone who's still involved with Auburn, when, when someone new comes in and someone that you really feel so unfamiliar with, you know, it wasn't like mm -hmm. some, a, a coordinator that was in the SEC and someone you had been facing a lot. Like there was so much unknown about him. You are, you know, curious what the personality is going to be like, what the energy is going to be like. And after speaking with him, I, I, I'm just incredibly impressed. And I will not be surprised if, you know, we see a very evident difference in how the players connect with each other how the players connect with the staff like I, it just I think this was a good fit and I'm really really excited about the upcoming season and getting to see him uh kind of make his mark so we are going to get to that interview very quickly now that we have uh teed it up pretty well I know all of our listeners are like okay can we can just like get to it now but first we have a couple other uh orders of business that we are going to get to but first you know, I got to tell you about our sponsor, Bet Online. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. So visit the website today, or you can use your mobile device to join, and they're going to give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. All right, just a couple notables. Jason and I each have a couple that we're going to run through really quick happening in regards to Auburn football. 
I wanted to get your input on this quote that has come out of fall camp. It's really not that big of a deal, but I just wanted to ask you because you know these guys very closely, and I thought this was pretty cool. So Sean Shivers was chatting with media and talking about, you know, his relationship with Tank and their impact on the field, and he compared himself and Tank to, you know, those, those two guys, Cadillac and Ronnie. And uh, is is taking on the tall task of wanting to be that big of a running back duo in Auburn history. And obviously he follows it saying, you know, we're not trying to be Lack and Ronnie. I'm just <laughs> saying that, like, we, he believes that our impact, their impact could be substantial as kind of a one-two punch and the relationship that they have with each other. So – since my co-host played with the guys, I figured I would ask your thoughts on this, you know, Sean Shivers and Tank Bigsby in terms of their play style, their ability, and, you know, not a direct parallel to Lack and Ronnie, but maybe a, a way that you could see them taking on that identity of, of that one-two punch. I like it. I like the aspect of his thinking. I like the, his, uh, his tenaciousness because, like, why wouldn't you want to compare yourself to the best? You right. know, like, you talk about two guys that were both drafted top five. You know, probably the last time we would see that happen in NFL draft history, two running backs going top five mm -hmm. uh, from the same school. Uh, I just think that, uh, you know, for him to to look up to those guys and see that the magnitude that they brought to the game, and it took a, a surmountable amount of unselfishness for those two for the for that to happen for both of those guys and even even including with the quarterback you know because Bo has to find a way to fit in with those guys as well I had to find a way to fit in and and, and still be a leader of everybody and uh mm -hmm. so you know this is this is definitely a big big ordeal and I like his mindset because when you watch Shivers run the football he runs like H2 Hummer we call Ronnie Brown and he's yep. not as big as running, but he runs like running with a low base. And uh, yeah. you know, last year he ran through that guy two years ago, through that guy from Alabama, uh, you know, and, and everything. So you talk about a guy that runs and he's, and he's the rock, like he's solid. Like guys don't like to hit him in the hole because he is solid. It's like running to a stump. And all of a sudden you, you realize like that stump won. And uh, that's how these guys <laughs> feel. So it's the same way when you look at tank and you look at Cadillac tank, and Cadillac both had big freshman years. Both had a lot of accolades and everything, and, and people having so much attention on the star running back, the front running back, which was Tank and which is Cadillac. And now all of a sudden you look up and there's, there's Shivers. And then there was Ronnie back in the day. But now everyone forget about that little running back we had, Trey Smith. And all of a sudden, who's our Trey Smith? It's the kid from Mississippi. Uh, the John young Quest kid, Hunter. John Quest Hunter. He now becomes our Trey Smith. He's the guy that's in the I weight like room, it. busting his tail, and now he gets to add a third dimension to our offense when those two guys are not on the field. So, hey, I like it, you know, and uh, I like where he's thinking. I, li I like his mindset. I like it too, man. And I know I've said this before, and sometimes I just – I get really passionate about things, and so I repeat them sometimes, and I apologize. But I just really want to drive the point home because I think in today's day and age – it would be so easy for a guy like Sean Shivers to transfer, you know? I mean, like, he's in this situation where Tank Bigsby is just such an unbelievable talent. And, like, the hype that's around him, his skills live up to, if not surpass. I mean, you're teammates with somebody who is just uh, such a rare breed, and you're so talented as well that I'm sure it's tempting for him to not be like, well, should I go somewhere where – I have an opportunity to showcase myself more, not with ill intentions, just realism. And he has stuck with it. And not only has he stuck with it, his attitude is so fantastic that he's going, look, I think we can make such an impact together. He's not creating competition and trying to get anyone to buy into him being better than Tank. He's singing Tank's praises as well, but he's solid in where he is and what his role could be and the impact that they could have as a duo. And I just, beyond what the guy can do on the field, actually, I think his play style is a direct reflection of his character. And it's just a hard worker. Like you just, you see it when he's on the field, every snap that he's out there, he is going to run 1000% and give you his all. And it's a reflection of his character and what he puts into this program. And 
couple more notables to tell you about, but first we actually have a new sponsor to learn about. So I don't know if you heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. I was reading a press release about how he started taking a pH balancing alkaline supplement called Balance 7, and that's what helped him bounce back from his hospitalization in 2015. Obviously, he I mean, he was near death, so that was crazy. But uh, he has said that he has an, an enormous amount of energy, which is good. It's important when working out. I always need energy to level up. And uh, so he's he's claiming that, you know, Balance 7 is certainly helping in, you know, turning that around for him to where he feels like he could return to sports. So if it can work for him, it can work for anybody. The cool thing is we've got a promotion running with Balance 7 right now. If you go to their website, balance7.com and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout, you'll receive a free four-ounce bottle of My Smooth Skin with any purchase of Balance 7 products. That product retails for $13.99, so not a bad deal. Again, head to balance7.com. That's balance and the number 7.com. Use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout and get in on the promotion. Couple more notables. Uh, we recently had some pretty big accolades from other sports and athletics. Obviously, the NBA draft, which Jay will touch on in just a minute, but also wanted to give a major shout out to Sunisa Lee, who is headed to Auburn if she's not already there. She is going to be part of the Auburn gymnastics team. But casually, you know, headed to Auburn from Tokyo after winning <laughs> gold in the all-around competition at the Olympics. Just an unbelievable showing. Um, such an uh, amazing accolade, obviously. And now she is bringing her talents to Auburn. And we just, as an Auburn fan base and family, like, could not be more proud of this girl and how she represented herself, the country, and now Auburn. And uh, I just, I'm so excited for Auburn to welcome her in and give her the college experience that she, I know she wants. She's talked about it a lot. So. And she's going to get a standing ovation. And you want to talk about some meat. You want to talk about some gymnastics meets that's going to be sold out this year? Just how to about, see her. How about let's go look at their ticket stub and see how the season tickets are going to be for gymnastics this year? Because oh, I guarantee I you imagine. they are through the roof. Yep. And she's coming at the right time. You just won a gold medalist. The NIL has just got passed. So now Thank she's going to make money. Why she didn't she, have to choose. She, she didn't have to choose. So, yeah. man, what a timing that she timed this thing up just right. I'm a fan. I am going to go and watch her in person. You um, should. So I... I, I Tell everybody, if you're a football fan, just get out of your comfort zone just for oh a gosh, second yes. and go watch her perform gymnastics this season down on the plains. It's unreal. It really is unreal. Uh, but like I said, the NBA draft also happened recently, and a few Auburn guys heard their names called. Were you surprised at all, Jay? I was surprised that uh, JT Thor went before Cooper. I was, yep. I was shocked in that because all the talk all year was – Cooper, Sharif Cooper going uh -huh. top 15, top 15, top 15. That's why I always tell everybody, man, stop listening to street agents. You know, yep. stop listening to those people that you don't know have your best interest. It's okay sometimes to just wait and be Now, you can't complain about getting drafted. It don't matter if you go first round, second round, third round, fourth. You got drafted. So that means yeah. you're going to have an opportunity to make a team. It's just, yep. it's just our expectations where all we kept hearing was Sharif going top 15, top 20. And then you try to put yourself in his mindset. If you're sitting there and y'all say you don't hear your name called in the first 30 of the first night. And then all of a sudden the next night, it takes you 18 picks in before they get to you like that mentally can can do something to a kid. But I know he's a competitor. The best thing that happened to him, he got drafted by his hometown team, Atlanta yep. Hawks. He's from Atlanta. All the rappers and everybody was was tweeting and Instagramming about him coming to Atlanta and, and where he's from and how they can't wait to watch him and Trey play together. 
that's all good. Now we just got to make sure that he, you know, you still got to make the team and everything when you're drafted second round and everything. So, but I do think it was great for him to be in that position to get drafted by home. Cause had he got drafted somewhere else and he's yeah. not, and it wasn't Atlanta, I would have concern with him making a roster just because yes, he can get from point A to point B fast as anybody. But the problem is he's got to work on his outside shooting. He's got to work on, you know, just, having a little bit more touch on his shot. And I think those things will come and that will help elevate his game. Only reason I say that, Taylor, is because he's a shorter guy. When you look at Ben right. Simmons, he can get away with missing shots sometimes because he's 6'10". He does defense. He gets rebounds, right. different things. But when you look at Sharif Cooper, he's not that tall. He's maybe six feet or six one. So he has to rely on outside shooting because he can't get to the rack all the time. So right. I was shocked in that aspect that he went so late. And you know, I wish we had him for one more year, but wish we could have, would have. Not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but JT Thor, you know, going to the Hornets. You know, I was shocked he came out. Let's, I, you know, it's an honest podcast. I was shocked he came out. But the fact he did come out, you know, he went 37. So, uh, you know, I think he's going to be fit well with the with the ball kid up there at the Hornets. So they have a good young core going. And you're going to be in that territory. So you will see more of them than I will. That's I'm in true. Atlanta, so I see more of the Hawks. So I will oh see more, Sharif, more, more of Sharif Cooper. So we each got of have, one of yes. our dudes. Yeah. Man, we'll That's have so time funny. to talk about it. So I hadn't even thought about that. That's yep. funny. Well, before we bring in Coach Harson, a uh, bit of a tough note to close it on, but certainly want to send our condolences, our well wishes, our prayers uh, to the family of Craig Ogletree, former Auburn linebacker, former great. Uh, who passed away at 53. He was an all-SEC linebacker on the Tigers' 1989 team. He had spent the last several years as a pastor in Georgia and an executive with Georgia Power. Actually, last year, he was called to officiate the funeral of late coach Pat Dye, who died in June 2020. So certainly somebody that has had a profound impact, not just his playing days, but what he did after and who he was. So 53, man, that's just, that's young. But uh, we, we certainly send our best and, and our prayers to the Ogletree family and everyone who uh, is, is affected by this one. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, like I say, anytime you lose anyone, you know, it's always tough and uh, it has an effect on it. You know, he was, you know, he leaves a, a wife and two sons and a daughter uh, behind. And uh, so, you know, our, our prayers and everything goes out to the family. Uh, and, you know, people, this this stuff is still real out here right now. You know, mm-hmm. we still have a lot of COVID situations going on. So, you know, don't live in fear, but at the same time, do everything you can to just protect yourselves and, and be mindful. And prayers are up and uh, after God comfort them and uh, during this during this difficult time. And I know it's Absolutely. you know it's sad. And so we're gonna try to finish this thing on a positive note. You may see me on CBS Monday Quarterback Club in New York come this fall, maybe what? seven seven times seven times. They call the restart offered. The job to be with Trent Green and I think it's uh Steve Steve Berline and then Adam Thielen is, uh, is the uh more of the uh the producer announcer so you'll see me on the Monday Quarterback Club up in New York maybe seven times this year on TV and the rest of it maybe remotely so that's my dude so we're just trying to move on up in this world you know look we keep trying, man. We, we fight and claw our way up. I love it. Well, congrats. Well-deserved. I will certainly be watching and cheering you on. Well, I sure appreciate it. And guess what? It doesn't get any bigger. And we got Coach Harson's coming on. Can you get, can you, mean, are you kidding me? How, on, do you, how do you beat that? You know, I don't know how we will. But uh, without further ado, we'll go ahead and bring in Coach Harson. We, full transparency, Kind of ran out of time with him because <laughs> we had a lot that we wanted to ask, and he was so kind to give us really well thought out and analytical answers, which was awesome. And he unfortunately had a small schedule window, and our Zoom was about to run out, so we didn't get to talk about the defensive side as much as we wanted. But he's an offensive guy, you know, so we we had a lot of questions about the offensive side. So just wanted to go ahead and preface with that. We apologize, but uh, you know what? Beggars can't be choosers. Enjoy the interview. See ya. All right, everybody. Well, without further ado, Jason and I could not be more excited to welcome in our guest for today, the head coach of your Auburn Tigers, Brian Harson. Hey, coach, War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, glad to be on here. 
Yeah, appreciate it, coach. Yeah, we're pumped to have you. So thanks for coming on. And uh, Taylor's going to take the lead. Like I always say, women goes first on this episode. So (laughs) (laughs) she will be in charge. That's a true Auburn man right there. Well, uh, Coach, we uh, we certainly have a lot to talk to you about. And like I said, we're pumped to kind of hear a little bit about your experience and, and this team as season gets really, really close. It'll be here before any of us know it. But fall camp is officially underway. So just update us a little bit on how that's been going and, and what your team's showing you so far. Well, yes, glad that it's underway as well. I think the guys over the last eight months of uh, just new staff, Um, new ways of doing things from the weight room um, meetings to the practice field. We got a chance to have the 15 practices in the spring, which was great. They didn't have that the year before we had a summer of conditioning. We had a summer of of player run practices and now finally back together. Uh, What I would say about our team is they've come a long way from the first meeting to the last one that we just had prior to starting camp. And really just from a a focus, maturity, and overall just understanding of what we're all trying to accomplish. Uh, The ultimate goal is is we do want to win every single game. We want to play for a championship. And and every guy on this team wants to contribute to that. So how do we do that? How do we get these guys prepared? How do they prepare themselves? Uh, That's been what they've been learning over the last eight months. Uh, And then getting to know the coaches and building those relationships. So uh, it's just good to be back on the field and, and able to, you know, for us, able to get out there and, and coach these guys, be in meetings and spend time just talking about, you know, a lot of football, but about life and just what it's going to take for us to achieve the goals that we've set for ourselves. And that's the best part yeah. of fall camp is is being able to do that. You, you don't have really the time restrictions like you do during the season uh, when you have the 20 hours, when you have everybody in class and, and that's a good rule, uh, but the best part of camp is that you don't have that. Um, players would disagree with me. And so, <laughs> you know, from six in the morning till ten thirty at night, we're we're together, and yeah. you need that time to really bond and build that chemistry. And you need these practices to go through those ups and downs, so you know how guys are going to react when you get into a game. The the first time, you know, something bad happens, you don't want it to be in front of ninety thousand people. All right. You want to you want to see that happen on the field. You want to see where everybody's really, you know, not always at their best, but you know, some of their their worst moments and when yeah. they really have to respond properly and and how they're going to deal with it. And, and you're just able to, as a coach, use that as hey, this was really good. This is exactly how we want it to look. Hey, this was not. You know, we need to make sure that we do it this way. And so along with the football piece, there's all those things happening as we head into the season and you're right, it's right around the corner. That's the beauty of fall camp is there's a deadline and it's September 4th. That's yeah. when we're playing. It's not like spring. You can adjust spring and do whatever you want. You have a deadline during the season. And so we have to be prepared and ready to play September 4th. And our guys know that. And I think as a player and Jason, you know, this as a player, I think that's the best part too, is you know, all this work is going to actually result in a game. Yeah. Right. right. And we are talking about practice and yeah, Hey, we all want to love practice. We all want to do those things. It's, it's so important, but you know, we do all that work to play and that's really what everybody wants to do. They want to play and uh, we're going to prepare properly, but you know, that's the kind of the light at the end of the tunnel when you get in camp is that September 4th and cutting it loose and, and not going against each other and just being on the field, 11 guys, coaches on the sideline, people in the stands and just going out there and doing what you love to do. Yeah, Coach, that's exactly true. And uh, I'm old, but not that old. Uh, you think about it in these terms. I come from. You still got it, man. I can see right now. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. Players said that. I'm trying. I come from the school days of, you know, where we had tour days and different things that you had more time to get out on the football field and make mistakes, and then you can correct them in the second practice. Now, you know, you're limited to one full practice, and then you have walkthroughs in the afternoon. How hard is it to teach these guys situational football and get things up and up and going, but also try to go back and correct them in a walkthrough, but to know that they really got it by the next day by implementing some form of a format where you go through those third downs, short yardage, goal line situations. Like, how has the game changed with that aspect of it, of taking out the second practice? So, all right, that, that's a great point. Point. So here is the beauty of two a days is you're going to get to that second practice and you were in practice, you were running, you were hitting, you were, you had to be focused. 
because if you're not in, in, a, in a practice, you're going to get hurt. Something's going to happen, right? right? You're going to make mistakes and, and it's not going to go well. The challenge now is the walkthroughs replace that second practice that we all used to have, but you can get a ton done in that walkthrough if guys are focused mm -hmm. and that's become the challenge. So it's not so much like before it was just throw the pads on and go. And we knew the work would be done and we both did that. Now it's, really making sure that the coaches and the players when they go into that walkthrough for that one hour that we get it's intentional it's purposeful and guys are focused like there's not jacking around in the back and guys not getting mental reps the guys that are getting reps are you're not going full speed so you know it's less wear and tear in their bodies all right they're able to still recover while they're doing this because they can hydrate and still be ready for the that evening or the next practice right. But it's really about like is the maturity of your team and really guys just, you know, they're not pros, but but acting like pros, right? And, right. and what do pros do? You know, pros go out there and work at something so they they they're not gonna get it wrong. Right. right? They work so hard like that they're not gonna get this wrong. And and other guys just work at it just to get it right for the moment so they don't get yelled at. Right. right? right. They don't have to have right. you know, any sort of criticism or coaching and so that's the challenge, and, and that's something that, that we try to focus on with our guys is, like, we go into this walkthrough, hey, it is not physical, but it is full-speed mental, and we're going to coach it like that. And if you're jacking around, if you're not into it, um, you know, that's going to be that's gonna be brought up. You know, we're going to recognize that. So, you know, that's the key that I think our guys are learning right now is, that, like, those things matter. It's not like we're going to take this time off and just relax right. and – go through a few plays like no this is very focused very intentional and, and if anything you know you walk out of that one hour walk through and it's like man you know your mind just went through um, this great learning experience of, of preparing for you know the mistakes that you made you know correcting those and preparing for the next practice that's where the challenge is at so it's guys like you and I those two days where we're like gosh you know we work out all summer I don't know if we need that well <laughs> If you don't need it, if your mind is right and you're focused, you don't necessarily need that work, and we're not going to get it anyhow physically. So let's make this as purposeful as we can when we get this walkthrough. And, and, and the teams that I've been a part of that do that, um, sometimes as the season goes on and you're a little bit beat up, you're a little bit worn out, mm -hmm. those walkthroughs replace those practices. And it's like, guys, you, you know what to do when it's time to play. So let's, let's get this work in mentally. And then we'll get a few things physically in this week, but we want you to be fresh when you play. And if you got that type of team, I think you got something. Right. I really don't think, you know, the mental aspect is emphasized enough. It's actually something that Jason talks about a good bit on this podcast. You know, some of those mental mistakes, sometimes they're evident physically on the field. And that coupled with the emphasis on strength and conditioning, like you mentioned, I believe it was Owen Papo at SEC Media Days that said, you're going to see a visible difference in our athleticism and our conditioning because of the way that summer has been handled. But that coupled with the mental aspect of things, I think it does make an evident difference and often isn't talked about enough. But I'd love to pick your brain a little bit on uh, both sides of the ball. We're going to start offensively and, and just kind of touch a little bit on where things are right now, how, how you would like to see things continue to evolve, and specifically offensively for you because – that is so much of your resume, both as a player and a coach on the offensive side. You bring in a guy like Mike Bobo, who is Mr. SEC, basically. I mean, uh, he's, he's right. well-respected in the conference. <laughs> right. and, and on that side, what are you wanting to implement? Maybe differences you'd like to see on the offensive side, and then specifically with your quarterback, Bo Nix. Sure. Well, the first thing on the offensive side is, is just the physicality. And it starts in the run game. So just a downhill physical run game uh, is the most important thing. Uh, from there, we can create explosive plays. And we need to have the playmakers on the outside because you should get some one-on-ones. You should be able to get safeties in the box. You should have a chance to create some explosive opportunities on the perimeter with mm -hmm. the wide receivers and the quarterbacks being able to deliver the ball. And – you know, the other part of it, too, is just how we prepare on the offensive side. You're right. You know, uh, my background is offense. And one of the things that I learned from the coaches I worked under, Chris Peterson, Dan Hawkins, is how to prepare. 
-hmm. And I think that's something that has always stuck with me, the preparation and the way that we do things to have ourselves ready to practice or to have ourselves ready for a game. Um, I believe in them. And so from an offensive standpoint, you really control everything. All right. You're attacking. Defense has to defend. You're the ones out there attacking every time. You know where the play's going. You know where you, you should be. You know where you shouldn't get beat at. Right. You should know who you're working to. You should know, all right, uh, what the quarterback's progression is. Are you first, second, third? Like, you know these plays. It's diagram there, and that's the one thing about offense is you get a play, and it tells you exactly what to do, and then you're coached on how to do it and so on. So you should have this attack mindset every time you're out there. And, you know, the thing I look for, like, if, if you're on the offensive side and, and you're kind of um, reserved or, or you're questioning what might be happening, um, that's a problem for me. Mm-hmm. Like, you are looking at them and, hey, they could do one of two things here. And that's really what we try to just simplify it down to. They can do one of two things right here and let's go and get after them and tack them. And so as far as the, the mentality of the offense, that's a big part. Uh, mm-hmm. The plays, uh, the little details of splits and things like that. Like I'm out there and I know what those look like. And so with Coach Bobo and, and myself, you know, he's done things a certain way. I've done things a certain way, but they're very close. Hmm. And so it's a little tweak here and there. That, that we can come up with and say, all right, let's split the difference or let's, let's go with your version or my version, yeah. right? And then you add the other coaches in there. And to me, that's the key component to us being successful on offense is our guys understanding the mindset that we're attacking and then all the details that come along with the plays that we need in order to be successful in that particular play. And then, you know, as far as the quarterbacks go, um, you know, this is what I believe, you know, playing the position, coaching the position and, more coach in the position, even when I was a player. Right? I got a chance to watch, all right, the really good guys go out there and, and get it done. But the starting quarterback when I was a player was, we lived in a duplex and he was right next door. Yeah. Well, you know what? I brought the receivers over on Thursday and we sat in his room and we drew plays up just to be on the same page. And, and he was the one playing, but that was going to help us win. Yeah. And so from a quarterback standpoint, you know, there's really, there's no days off and there's really just, there's not a lot of opportunities, even in practice, to have bad moments. You just, yeah. I mean, you make a mistake, you have a bad play, like, let's try not to repeat it. Right. You know, let, let's, let's get the momentum back. And, and so as a quarterback, it starts at the very beginning. You can't come out there and screw the cadence up. Right. Like, you right. need to know that. You're, the other 10 guys and everybody's counting right. on you to know that. Um, even in a walkthrough, Jason, we were saying, like, you have a ball and you're going to stick it out there to hand it off. Well, don't place it on his hip and fumble a ball in a walkthrough. Like, it still matters, you know. And I think really good players, especially at that position, that's how they operate. And so the expectation for the quarterbacks for me is all the time, every rep. I mean, it's it's really like a game rep for you because we can't simulate all the things you're going to go through. And I don't know that that guy came free on this play at guard. Our guard didn't block, and all of a sudden you're running for your life. And now you got to make a decision. Do I run it? Do I throw it? Do I throw it away? And sometimes it's a throwaway. That's the mature, that, that's the proper thing to do. And you got to be really mature to do that as mm-hmm. a player. Crowds booing, but it was the right decision. Yeah. You got to be really tough and know like that was the best thing for us to do. And so we're always constantly talking about that at that position. And so they're always locked in. They're always thinking, they're always learning. And I think it takes, you know, a really special player to just have that mentality all the time. So when you go out there and play, because the one thing about games, we're going to coach our quarterbacks really, really hard, but come game time, you know, it, it's their time. This is, this yeah. is their time. And we're going to be there to, to su- support them, help them, and make decisions on the sideline and, and let them go out there and, and play the game. Because there's four quarters, and no matter what happens, throughout, there's always going to be an opportunity, I believe, for the quarterback to go out there and, and find a way to finish the game or win the game. And um, we want to make sure that they're in that frame of mind to do that. Yeah, I agree with you, Coach. The main thing about, like you were saying, like I always tell the guys, you no, know, there's no wasted rep for a mental, for a mental rep. There's no wasted rep for a physical rep. I say because you never know, you know, what may be the play of the game to decide the game. And it could come in the first quarter. It can come late in the third or the fourth quarter, but you just never know. So don't be that person on – Sunday saying, I wish I'd have done this or what if. So, you know, I really like that that concept. And 
my question is, it's kind of like a two-part question. I'm always about, you know, the quarterbacks. We always worry about who we're throwing to. I call them the Lamborghinis and Ferraris of, of football, and that's your receivers <laughs> and your tight ends. And, you know, over the years, you know, we haven't used a tight end a lot in the passing game, but I know in Mike Bobo's system, and you run a very similar system that the tight end is a critical part of what we do. And for a quarterback, it's always considered the quarterback safety net. You know, anytime you can't find something downfield, you usually can find that checkoff or you can get that matchup on a linebacker or a safety with your tight end and from that 7 to 10-yard range. And tight ends has really changed the game of football nowadays. It's, it's become very adept where the tight end is some offense. It's the, it's the most second important receiver outside the top receiver. But when you look at our tight ends and you look at our young receiving core, Kobe Hudson and Elijah Cannon and Javaris Johnson and, you know, Shedrick Jackson is a senior, one of those guys is a senior, but then you add Demetrius Robertson that's coming in. Like, how do you see this group developing and, 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 and who can be that guy? Well, not necessarily saying who can be that guy, but how can they be productive as a group, as a whole this year in helping this offense? You're talking about the tight ends? Yeah, tight ends and the receivers. Yeah, so I'll start with the wide receivers. You know, uh, Tavares Dawson, you know, is another guy that came in and, and has done well. But the wide receiver group, you know, one of the biggest things is we're going to play, you know, we need five, six guys that, that can, can play in the wide receiver room and be in those personnel groups, right, where we got, uh, we're moving guys around. We got one guy at X, one play, and the next time he's over at H, he might play at Z, right? We're learning right now how to, the concepts and how to run those routes and understanding that we're going to try to use them for matchups, right? When they do learn all this, because, Hey, if you're the best inside on this particular play, then we want to put you in there. We want to see you do all these different things route wise. And then we get a chance to, through personnel groups, figure out, you know, what's the best combination. And so you need five, six guys that, that can do that. Um, and so the wide receiver room is, is about, all right, the versatility that they have. But then also, I think it's a lot about just, just being uh, a physical player at the wide receiver position because if we're going to run the ball, we talk about running, you're going to be out there and you're going to have to block somebody. You're going to go block a safety. You're going to block a corner. You're going to be a physical player. And there's nothing more exciting to me on offense than watching really good wide receivers go block somebody and, and play with great technique and their hands inside and, and spring the tailback or somebody open, all right, for a big run. Well, what's that create? Passing opportunities. Because now you block a guy, you're physical with them. They're going to bring safeties down. That corner is going to be trying to come up in your face or playing off. And you, you're just you're playing this mental game with those guys that are trying to cover you. And now you're getting a one-on-one, which at the end of the day, if you can create that in an offense, all right, it really comes down to winning your one-on-one -on -one battle, right? right? Quarterback, wide receiver, we do one-on-ones every day. Right. Well, if we can somehow come up with a play and eliminate all the other guys and just break it down to these two dudes right here, let's go win. Yeah. And, you know, so you're going to want to be on the field. And, and part of that is being a physical player at that position. And the other part is, you know, to me, a wide receiver, you know, being really, really good, other than just lining up and knowing your assignment, explode off the ball every time. Explode off the ball catch the ball and do something with it. And so we're, I'm always out there preaching that to the guys, like how we get off the ball, hitch, go, doesn't matter. Catch the ball. It's in your radius, right? I'm, I'm, we talk about snatching it um, all the time. Like, hey, if it's around you, go up and get it. Right. All right? Go up and get it. Try to get two hands on the ball. Don't try to one-hand that thing. Go get, bring that other hand with you, and you're going to make that play. And then when you got it in your hands – Hey, go be electric, do something with it, take care of it um, and enjoy having the ball, you know, out there in space and go make something happen. And that's what I see that that group doing. We're learning that the biggest thing about our wide receiver room is consistency right now. Uh, they're running better routes. They're lining up properly now, catching the ball and doing something with it. All right. That's what's got to happen. Now it's catching it and doing something with it. And you tell the wide receivers, like you want more balls thrown to you, catch them in practice. Yeah. Your quarterback, I'm telling you, he gets out there and it's like, I'm going to him, yeah. right? That's what he's going to do. And, and so, and that, you know, moves down to the tight end position. And, you know, our tight ends, we're going to shift and motion them. You know, we're going to have them dropping out of helicopters and popping out of the ground in different areas. And I want them to be smart where they can control really the formation that we're in and making sure that we're legal. And then you're absolutely right. Like those guys, a lot of times they're your outlets, right? right. They're, your, they're your unders. They're your third read in the progression. 
Um, they might be that first, easy, quick, get a little uh, pivot over the ball, catch it, and, and get vertical, you know, get yourself in second and two. Um, and if you got a really, you know, elite tight end that can run, well, try to get a matchup on a linebacker or an edge player. Now all the stand-up defensive ends that they're trying to cover tight ends with and go win those matchups. Um, and you're working off of safeties inside as well. So the tight end position, uh, we're utilizing them. And I really like our group here. They're smart, they're tough. Uh, they're catching the ball really well. They're starting to do things with it. So that group in itself uh, is a weapon where, you know, you don't get that one-on-one -on -one outside, you drop it down and he goes and gets you eight. And then we get a matchup, you know, on, on four verticals and they're gonna try to run a linebacker with him. Well, big, tall body, you know, hey, give him a chance, right? Throw to the back of his head, let him go up and get it and make a play. Uh, I think those guys that we have right now have the ability to do that. And so I think the, the, the tight end group's been pretty, you know, more consistent right now. I think the wide receiver group, uh, and especially what I saw today, I thought they they stepped it up and, and they were making those plays. So that's the combination between those two of how we can really, you know, really own the perimeter and, and do great in the run game and keep our guys covered and help our tailbacks and quarterbacks, but that we can own the perimeter with those two position groups is, you know, they got to, they got to you know, explode off the ball outside. The tight ends got to do a great job. All of them have to snatch in the ball when it's thrown their way. And then, you know, we're trying to get vertical. We're trying to do something with it. We're trying to maximize when that ball's in our hand every single yard. And it, it, it's starting to make sense, you know, what, what that looks like to both those groups right now in practice and they're doing it and it's helping us and we're, we're kind of winning some of those hidden yards at this point that are going to make a difference in the game. And I think that this season presents such a great opportunity for so many of those guys, not only this new system, this new era, if you will, of Auburn football, but we lost, you know, very prominent names, Anthony Schwartz, Eli Stove, Seth Williams, kind of those expectant targets like you were talking about. It's theirs for the taking right now. Who's going to be next in line? Jason and I have been speculating all offseason. It's exciting to uh, have that many that you think could could make that impact. But before we get off the offensive side, because I know you're a busy guy and we're going to let you go, but I got to go back to the quarterback one more time. Jace, I pick Jason's brain about the quarterback position all the time, and I got another one here. I'm the only one here that wasn't a QB, so I'm going to take advantage of this conversation. But, you know, I asked you about Bo Nix, and you specifically said all your quarterbacks, which I understand. And, you know, I think – when you have an offseason that includes a big SEC transfer at the position, there is speculation, there is conversation. But, you know, as Auburn fans, we've we've seen Bo Nix for two years. We've been kind of on this journey of, of his story and his evolution. This is the third OC for him, position coach. I mean, there's been a lot of change for him, uh, and he's handled big stages early. But I'm curious from – your perspective and and the experience you have at the position as well in terms of his maturation as both a leader as well as fundamentally on the field what are you seeing from him that maybe fans have been expecting to see in seasons past here's the thing about Bo Bo works really hard every single day every workout uh, every time he's in the weight room every time that he runs on the field and we're running down and back, we're running gassers, whatever we're doing. Um, he is out there straining every single time. I mean, he takes nothing off and I appreciate that. So to me, the, the number one requirement of playing quarterback is you better be tough, all right? You better be tough to play that position. And so you're gonna be the hardest worker. You're gonna be in the film room. He's in Bobo's office watching film all the time. He was one of the first players when I got here to come up and sit down with me and go, all right, tell me about yourself and what are we doing? And so, you know, he's from a leadership standpoint, like that type of stuff to me, that's, that's part of who he is. All right. Yeah. Just that's, that's what, um, you know, he's, he's working towards to make himself a better player of just understanding. All right asking me what we're doing, uh, working hard out there on the field, and then obviously bringing that to the film room and then to the practice field as a quarterback. Um, those are key components to succeeding at that position. As far as his fundamentals, um, what I enjoy about Coach Bobo is he and I care tremendously about the fundamentals of playing the position. Mm -hmm. All right, footwork matters. Mm -hmm. 
under center drop so you understand timing. You know, you talk about a three-step equals this. Well, get under center and take a five-step drop and really feel what that feels like so you know the timing of it. Yeah. Then you can get in the gun, and sometimes it's a bad snap and it's a one-step. Sometimes it's all great and it's a three-step. So you start to understand timing and what yeah. that really means. And I think he's, he's getting a, a better sense of that um, ball handling right? A play action, you know, we want it to look like Peyton Manning. Yeah. You know, you get that ball, it looks like, you, you know, you're handing the ball off. Those things matter. Um, the way that you use your cadence, you know, things like that. So what I've seen from, from him and what Coach Bobo has done is, you know, he's growing as a player at that position. He's understanding really, uh, you know, playing quarterback, in my opinion, and, and all the different tools that he needs in his toolbox to kind of go out there and operate um, and take advantage of what the defense is giving him. Um, and so I've seen the physical part. I've seen the mental part. Um, the thing that Bo had when we got here, he's got the work ethic. And so, and he's very talented. And, and when you have those two things, like like that right there, and then the, the want to, uh, that showed up, you know, from day one and, and it's been very consistent. So. Uh, I've been happy with the way that he's performed out of practice. Um, but again, you know, we have a really high standard for that position. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's one of those things like, hey, this is really good. And we're going to point out the really good things. And then, right. all right, it's now let's do this. Okay, so this is where we're going. And, yeah. and he's all about that. And, and when I said the whole group, you know, they are as well, because that's, mm -hmm. that's what that quarterback room and the mindset is going to be with that group. But Bo is... Bo's done a good job, and I like where he's at. And, and as far as his previous time here at Auburn, you know, we're we're all focused on now, and that's that's yeah. the beauty of it. I went through four different head coaches as a player. Mm -hmm. I've been through different offenses. I understand how difficult it is once you just feel like you got a handle on one thing. It's like yeah. it's the same play. Jay knows. Yeah, I know that different coordinator same every year. Play, so. Right? <laughs> I know it's the same play, but it's got yeah. a new name. And all these new coaching points, you're like, I just ran that play and it called right. it this. Now I got to learn that, right. that signal, and this coach the same play, but you still, right. every coach has their their different little, you know, um, coaching points. So Bo's never once, we didn't do it like, I've never heard him like, we didn't do it like that. Mm -hmm. It's just like, hey, what are we doing? And, and I know he's done it because I've watched the film, but he's been very open and receptive to coaching. I appreciate that. And that's a great point, Coach. Uh, like I said, I went through a coordinator every year at Auburn. And uh, so I know exactly about how to adapt and change. Like I was telling the guys when I spoke to the team is, you got to be willing to accept change. That's the first and foremost thing. You got to be willing to buy in and uh, and everything. So if you can do those two things, you can always move forward. So I appreciate your time and everything. And, you know, before I let you get out of here, my last question, I'll let Taylor end it is, you know, Coach Derrick Mason, I understand, you know, he's a head coach in the SEC and the importance of bringing him along with you uh, was a key because, like I said, you always have to have someone along the way that kind of understands the journey. And he kind of understands the journey. He gets it. What do you like mm -hmm. from him from a defensive standpoint, the mindset that he brings to this defense and the players that you see on this defense that's going to pay huge dividends this year for the Auburn football team? Well, first thing I think I would say about Coach Mason is I just like him. Mm -hmm. All right, regardless of whether we work together, like I would, I'll hang out with him. Good dude. Yes, I like him, and that's the reason why we're here. Is we met a couple of years back. We knew each other and all that, but we had a chance to sit down at a, at a couple of events and have dinner. and And I just like him, and and watching him with the defense, the, the way that he communicates with the players, the way that he connects with the players. Um, the schemes that we're using. And uh, Jeff Schmetting was our defensive coordinator at Boise. He's also on the staff. And so, you know, I thought we did some really good things at Boise. And, and so those two guys, you know, working together and the type of fronts we want to play, the type of coverages, we have the same philosophies. And mine comes from an offensive standpoint. Like, here's the things that I don't like that defenses do that I want to make sure we're doing. And, and that's the beauty of it. You know, Coach Mason's a pro. Like, we can have those conversations, and, and he can say, what, well, hey, that doesn't quite fit right now, or this is, yeah, let's go that direction. And, um, and I enjoy that, and I also appreciate the fact that he's been in this seat 
and he understands he's been in this seat in the SEC. And so he understands the demands. He understands, you know, what it takes um, to be successful as a head coach and also to have the coaches around you, you know, the things they have to do as far as just their responsibilities every single day. And, um, and so we got great coaches on this staff, but coach Mason um, every day, every day, you know, shows up ready, prepared, um, brings the energy and, you know, make sure that he maximizes the opportunities he has in front of that defense and in front of the safeties when he's coaching them in that unit. And then on the field with the players to just create this defense that we all want to have here at Auburn and Auburn, you know, defensively, I mean, they've done well. And I think we've got good players on that side of the ball. Um, and so we're working through, you know, some units where we need some more depth and we got to figure that out. You know, the D line, we need more depth. You know, we're not going to be able to bring anybody in now. So we got to, we got to be smart about our rotation, how we do things, you know, how's coach Easton going to manage that linebackers. We're, we're in pretty good shape. we got some good linebackers, uh, really good linebackers and depth. There is really solid secondary is, is coming along. Some of these new transfers that came in are making a difference right now. And so, um, you know, I feel good about where we're going on the defensive side. I always feel good about when those meetings are starting. I know there's going to be a message. If it's something that I had told the staff, I know it's going to be hit. I know he's going to have this guys dialed. I know they're going to come out and go out there and practice hard. And if, if it, they don't, I know he's going to handle it. And he's going to make sure that, you know, the next day is even better. So um, defensively, uh, really like what he's doing. I like the staff. Um, I like how they work together and everything I've seen. I mean, I'm you know standing back there from the offensive perspective and watching, and I'm seeing a lot of plays being made on the defensive side. And it's not that the offense is you know not necessarily doing their job, just our fundamentals, techniques, and some of the schemes that we're using. Um, you know, they're challenging, and so that is a little bit of that iron sharpens iron. Now, offense come back, figure it out. Defense, you know, you might get beat a little bit. You figure it out. We just keep playing this back and forth until. We finally get sick and tired of going against each other, and then we get to move on to Akron. Right. There so you go. That's the best time of camp is when the, when the players finally see a scout. The guys that are starting like see a scout team, and they're like, "Finally, yeah. just can just go against someone else other than their own teammates." Totally. You know, and, and good on good all the time. So we're not there yet, but we're getting there. Good deal. Good well, deal. we are very, very close. Well, Coach. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm actually going to, we have three minutes left on this recording. I'm going to ask you a couple rapid fire. What is the game day tradition you are most excited to experience? Tiger walk. Oh. No, no question. Man, yeah. that, that it's was a beautiful thing. thing. Well, that's the number Nowadays. one. When I got here, that was the one thing the players are like, wait until you, you get a chance to experience tiger right. walk. I had no idea what it was, but I'm like, it sounds great. It's awesome. Well, that's, that's what I want to be a part of, number one. Yeah. Okay, first impressions of Auburn's campus. Love it. Beautiful. And, and the best view is when we went up to the upper decks of the stadium oh. and we were running those. And we, I got to the top and you can just see campus. Yeah. Uh, I've been in the business building at the very top. Okay, that's what I was going to so, ask. <laughs> yep, I've been up there and I've got a chance <laughs> to look out. Um, I love the campus. I think it's – I think the setup and, and just – you know, the whole uh, campus feel. You know, I got a yeah. chance to get out and I'll do it again when, when we get back into, into classes, but I think that's great. Okay, good. And last question, maybe the most important. Have you been to Mama Goldberg's yet? No, but I've had it. Coach? <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay. Yes. What was your order? We, we've had, I don't know, whatever it was given. That's, <laughs> it's all good. In, a You're lot good. of times they'll bring in the food and you kind of you kind of get what you get, you know? And that's fair. Usually, to okay. be honest, I'm usually the last sure. one that, that has a meal in there. So whatever was left over that nobody picked at, I kind of got. But I enjoyed okay. it. Anyway. It's all good. So you're safe there. All right, Coach. Well, we will let you go. Thank you so much again. We're looking forward to this season. And War Eagle. Yeah, thanks, Taylor. Jason, War Eagle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.